Yeah, let us start with the testimonies. Who would like to give glory to God for what he has done in your lives? Not just today or this last week, but in, in the flesh and in the spirit as well. And at any point in time throughout your life, there's anything that you feel grateful for today as you are here before him. Now is the time to un and give that glory and honor to him who deserves it all. Yeah, please feel free to unmute and share your testimony. Just a reminder, keep it short only for about two to three minutes. If you have a long testimony, please rather share that on our Telegram group and on the Facebook page. But do not give long testimonies. You're just in the interest of allowing everyone else a chance to speak. That testimony time is very short. Let us share it with everyone. Thank you. Yes, who would like to go first? Russell, I'll go first. Just a very quick yeah. one. I'd like to praise and thank the Lord for, for intervening today. In uh, My son went to gym and he had a very big session. And he came home and um, after he ate, he felt very faint. And he started to lose his sight. So he laid down and, and um, I prayed. I prayed exactly what we've been taught, to pray healing. And within half an hour, he got his sight back. So I praise and thank the Lord for that and for every grace and blessing that he's, he's brought into my life. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Russell, I'd like to go next. Yeah, um, please go ahead. I thank and praise you, Lord Jesus, uh, that tonight, today, in the, during the morning encounter, what I learned was how King Josephat approached when a problem came. He trusted the Lord and, and he, he totally gave praise and worship. And he just praised the living God. And by praising God, he basically, God said, that is my battle, not yours. In verse 15 to Corinthians chapter 20, verse 15, where the Lord comes in and says, my battle, not yours. And in verse 21, it is the, his, his band that goes out and, pre and praises the living God. So what I learned today is that many times we take, we are very, very stressed about situations which are just beyond us. But we forget that we trust, we have a living God who has created us who has given us everything we need in this life. Just like David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or lack anything in this life. Yes. So he knows everything. It's just a question of trust. And many times I look at myself failing in that area and continue on the flesh, continue on my strength, continue on many things. And I quickly realize that the Lord is my shepherd. Where is the Lord then? And, and today, today, as I learned it in the morning encounter, that, Lord, I have to start depending on you, trusting you, and start releasing everything to you, giving everything to you, taking nothing of me, going totally bankrupt in the spirit, and being totally yielded to you, just as I sang that song um, as the deer. And I just realized our spirits need to yield to the Holy Spirit. Only when we yield there, then that deep connection comes in. I thank and praise you, Lord, for that truth that came in, that I have to trust the Lord. And, and that is the powerful morning encounters have been a total blessing for me in my life. I, I thank the Lord for Brother Russell, for the gift of Brother Russell for all of us. I'm sure we can put an amen there that God has blessed us with this wonderful 
man of God who who gives his life to change the world, not just the Holy Spirit. It goes across the world. People start their day with the morning encounters, and their lives have changed with these little little snippets of wisdom that come out through the Holy Spirit, a direct uh, download from God, and also for Brother Savio's daily reflections. God has used him mightily as his mouthpiece to Amen. give those reflections to everyone. So I, I bless these two mighty men of God who are serving not just the local community but the whole world through these encounters and the reflections and, and give praise to our Lord Jesus for Sister Shanin and also Sister Janela's powerful Holy the Rosary and everybody in the Rosary group that works so wonderfully uh, to intercede for this group 24-7. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I just like to thank the Lord for the journey that He's taking me on as well in the spirit. It keeps it's it's just such a joy to to stay close with Him and He keeps me close. So thank you, Father, that you are gracious towards me. Your eyes of mercy always upon me. Thank you, Lord, for all the beautiful gems that you reveal in your Word. And thank you, Father, that you make that available to all of us. For it is your plan that each of these that you have called by name, none should perish, but they should all have that opportunity to come to you to have eternal life and to be blessed, to walk in that abundance that you have planned for each of us. Thank you, Lord, for that grace that we experience every single day where that abundance that we have today because of that word is more than what it was yesterday. We thank you, Father, for every new day that we wait and we look forward to it. What next? What new you shall do? Just as you said in your word, see, I am doing a new thing. And you keep repeating that to us every single day. And your word in Revelations 19 says, you are called faithful. I thank you, Jesus, for that faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, who else would like to share what the Lord is doing in their life spiritually and physically as well? Hello, Russell. This is yes. Jaila. Yes, go ahead, Yeah. I would like to thank and praise uh, God for the gift of life, for the air we breathe, for his beautiful creation on earth. Thank you, Jesus, for my family, my friends, for our jobs. I thank you, Lord, for my workplace, for all my colleagues and all the children that I care for and their wonderful families. I thank and praise God for all answered prayers that we have received this week. Especially thank Jesus for the spiritual authority that he has given us as parents to rebuke and cast out evil from the life of our children and to command blessings and favor upon their lives. I thank the Lord for giving me the opportunity to volunteer for the children's liturgy at our parish. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share your word with little children. Thank you, Jesus, for our prayer group and for all the powerful prayer ministries that we serve. Thank you, Jesus, for the Divine Mercy and Rosary Group and all those who lead these sessions every day. We, came, we claim blessings and favor upon them and their families. Thank you, Jesus, for everything. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, anyone would like to share what is happening in your life with you are attending the, the morning encounters, the, the Friday Bible teachings. Now we've been going for a few years. 
if you've attended even one or more than one and you've gone away and the Lord has spoken to you on that and you've applied that in your life, what, what has changed? We'd like to hear that and give glory to God as well. Because in, in doing so, you're not just giving him glory, you're inspiring someone else as well to look forward. You're stirring up their faith. It has that double effect. So please don't hold back. Hello, Brother Russell. This is Rashmi here. Yes, go ahead, I sister. Praise and thank the Lord for the gift of life and for the blessings we have received, I and my family have received throughout the week. Um, I... I'm a little bit of strictness with the children. So um, when um, I see if they do anything messy, I get like, I keep shouting at them and I say, don't do that, don't do that. So, you know, when uh, this time the co-group meeting was at my place and uh, the parents, uh, the members said that we'll have to bring our babies along because there's nobody to take care. So I hope you don't mind. I said, no, no, no problem. And uh, when they entered, as usual, the babies were the sick, but I kept saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, they had bought the tiffins for the children. So they were sitting down. I said, no, no, I have. Then also, then I went and I bought something. But the, you won't believe the house was in a mess. The babies were jumping here and there, but nothing affected me because now I have learned by you people teaching us that in every circumstances we have to just say thank you jesus i just kept saying thank you and every time they're doing the baby is doing something you know percy auntie will shout at you percy auntie, i said no no let it be let it be we'll continue with our prayer and our meeting and the meeting went on very well praise the lord thank you jesus i would also like to thank the lord for the blessing that uh, i traveled that day and uh, um, as usual i don't travel anywhere so we booked the ac ticket for the train and by the time Raj said, come, come, buses, come, 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 the train will leave. By the time I ran and I came down to the platform, the, uh, the doors were closed of the AC train. So I said, thank you, Jesus. And I, the moment I said that, the guard looked at me and, you know, he gave me an eye contact and he opened the doors of the train. And I was so overjoyed. He told me, enter it. So I just told Raj, I did not say anything else, but thank you, Jesus. So, you know, I am learning from everybody teaching me that I have to only thank the Lord in all circumstances and everything will be good and fine in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's a very good, good example of renewal of mind. We had a powerful teaching a couple of weeks ago. If any of you have now looked at and made notes from that please start putting that into practice and this is one of those simple examples where under normal circumstances we would have gone and just cribbed probably some of us would have used abusive language as well in the old person that we were i know i would have probably done that as well but now those kind of words don't come out so that renewal has occurred it must occur it is an ongoing process we haven't reached any any end anywhere at every single stage every day we're learning but please apply, start applying that renewal and ask the Holy Spirit to help. Then you will start seeing this change in your behavior and others will start seeing it as well. It, it can be infectious. People start to look at it and say, I like the way that they're always smiling. I like the way that they're always joyous. There is something about them. That joy is what then starts to share when they start asking you questions about, can you tell me why this is like this? Why are you different from the rest? 
that's a good opportunity where you let the Holy Spirit come in. You introduce the one that you know. Praise God. Is anyone else would like to share what he's doing in Brother, their can lives? I, can I testify as well? Yes, go ahead, sister. Hi, I've not testified on this group, but I just want, I don't, I don't come often on your group, but uh, I do read Brother Savio's reflections every day and I just want to thank and praise God for those reflections and I share them on all social media platforms. So I'm sure they are blessing everybody. And I want to uh, thank and give glory to the God of, uh, to God for how he's changed my life. And the pandemic has been a blessing to me, actually, because the minute that the Lord touched my life and I said yes to his, uh, the Holy Spirit has just taken control. And it's been a slow, gradual change, but it's been a wonderful journey in these last three years, with learning from all of you, from your platform, as well as other platforms. And, you know, it's been a process of learning. And I want to praise God for that because I can see the wonders of God, of, of God and how he works and how the Holy Spirit works and how, like the Bible says, like Jesus says, that he's our comforter, he's our helper. And he actually teaches, he takes away things that you don't even know that he's taking away. So slowly, yes. slowly, all those things that, you know, you are once doing, you just wonder where they were. They don't seem interesting to you at all. You have no interest yes. in them. They're just gone away on their own because... But he's just taking it away in the, at, the, at a very gradual pace. But that's all about you giving that time to Jesus. So I just want to testify and also to let people know that we need to give our time to Jesus because, you know, it's not about yes. only just like going for one prayer. It's like throughout the day, throughout every hour, you have to come back to him wherever you're going. I know we have uh, we have things to do. And like, you know, in my life, it's been, it's, it's a huge testament. So I'm not going to give it right now, but I'm just want to praise and thanks uh, Jesus for the small things that he's done to change my life and help me to go with that flow, you know, and changing every part of me. So with the learning process and uh, God is great. I just want to give thanks and praise and glory to God because he's wonderful and whatever he's doing, he's giving me opportunities to share the word as well. So I, I want to give praise and thanks to uh, Jesus for that as well. Thank you, brothers, for your teachings and as well as, you know, Brother Savio for your reflections. And I want to also give praise and uh, glory to God for the gift of life. Like every day is a new pandemic has been beautiful. I've not taken my vaccine. I've always been kept safe. I've not taken a single PCR test. And uh, basically there's no, because I don't have that fear anyway. So for me, the pandemic was just another day. But I'm just saying this, it's brought so much of fear to people. I just want to share that message that do not be afraid because God is with you. He's in you. So we don't need to be worried about the pandemic or anything that is going on. I want to thank Jesus for protecting me these three years, even though I've not taken the vaccination and, you know, for helping me to change myself, to go about and help others as well. And also to learn so much about him, which is so beautiful and it's a never ending process. So just give praise and glory to God for everything that he's doing in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. And sister, if there are any scriptures that have blessed you that you are using in your prayer, you can please share yes, I, those. I do, I do use Luke 4.18. Uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I, I also say Psalm number 23 because actually when I went to uh, Pota a couple of years ago, like in 2010, that was where I was leading a very sinful life. And, you know, the devil was just bashing me up that time. So I'd gone there. And I, uh, the fa and the priest there who was counseling me told me that I need to say Psalm number 23 for the rest of my life, which I do say. And it's a beautiful Psalm and it actually has helped me. And, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. 
so he's leading me through green pastures and i can feel that leading and also i use psalm 91 psalm 27 uh, psalm 121 every day 139 uh, these are the psalms i love to say every day so they are the psalms which are close to mine and luke 4:18 the spirit of the lord is upon me my god himself has anointed me and filled me with his love and set me free from all the evil things that are happening in the life like you know you can you can use it and say the evil things like lust pride greed you know whatever hatred anger fear guilt unforgiveness unbelief ego pride whatever you can you can uh, say it with the scripture and say i command i destroy it in the name of jesus at the end so it works wonderfully like that way so this is one scripture i don't actually uh, this thing just the psalms and this scripture i like look for 18 and uh, yeah i don't know what i'll have to remember what scriptures i can't think of them right now but uh, so right you can you can share those on the chat as well okay brother yeah thank you sister praise god and just praise for the benefit of others who uh, who have not really looked at this psalm 23 that way do not just read it as you would read any other text but when you are looking at psalm 23 and speaking it you declare it over your life when you look at it closely now don't look at it from that angle look at it from the angle of a declaration that you were making a command that you are making over your life so now when you declare the lord is my shepherd near restful waters he leads me and even if i walk in the valley of darkness no evil will i fear you declare that over your life you know Absolutely, the power of declaration powerful, you have seen it's a powerful this. scripture brother yes yes make that your prayer don't just read it as a psalm like it's not only for you sister it's for everyone when you find things like this where it looks like oh this is talking about me is as if i'm speaking it that's the bible prompting you to say now son make this as a declaration and i shall uphold remember this is my word i have magnified my word above my name heaven and earth shall pass that word shall not pass it shall not fail it shall not fall to the ground but it shall accomplish with that understanding you speak this there is power in that name and there is power in his word praise god thank you jesus yes who else would like to share their testimony thank you lord for keeping me alive today thank you lord for your blessings and for blessing me through the brisbane prayer group family thank you lord for your word and your revelations that you give us each day thank you lord for working and healing my eye lord thank you lord for fighting our spiritual battles and for teaching us lord through the brisbane prayer group how to command and how to use our spiritual authority to bash up satan and all of his plans that work against us and our family and the brisbane prayer group thank you lord for working in every situation in our lives thank you lord for never stopping to work even though we do not see it you are still working in Amen. our lives every single day thank you lord thank you jesus praise you jesus amen thank you jesus very true thank you lord i would like to thank you lord for brother savio's ministry as well the powerful work that you are doing in him and through him the people that you are blessing lord for all those reflections that you pour out through his 
through his words that touch straight into the heart, things that we can relate to every day in our lives. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed him, Lord. And in your name, we bless his family. For he has dedicated his house, Lord, to you. Let that family never lack anything. Let that family be blessed with your abundance. And let there be a ring of fire placed around them in the name of Jesus, that every force of wickedness that comes against it, let it be consumed by that fire in the mighty, unmatched, all-powerful name of the King of Kings, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, who else would like to share their testimony? Hello, brother. Uh, this is Veera. Yes, um, go ahead, sister. I would like to praise and thank the Lord for his continuous blessing on me, my family, and on my Brisbane family group. I can see so many people, you know, giving praise to the Lord. And it's because of everyone praying together. Uh, and especially today, I really witnessed a miracle. Uh, I started work early because my son was supposed to come back from camp. So I wanted to finish by three and pick him up and come home. And uh, when I don't attend the morning encounter, I just feel a bit, uh, not, I don't feel that start of my day. Uh, I try as much as I can, even though I, uh, I have to start work at 8.30. I try to be there as much as I can in the mornings. But uh, today, somehow, I said, you know, I'll listen to it later. I picked up my son. We came home and we opened the garage and uh, then came to open the door and the door would not open. Uh, it Somehow it had got locked and it was 40 degrees today in Melbourne and it was really hot. And uh, yeah. I thought, you know what, I didn't get the morning encounter. I will get the rosary at uh, four o'clock. And I was getting all set to, and the door wouldn't open, and he was he was not keeping too well. He was getting upset. Uh, so I said, it's okay, we just opened the garage door, and I told him we have a small outdoor space. I said, we'll just sit there, and uh, today uh, my husband was supposed to come home late. Uh, so I waited for 10 minutes, then I gave him a call because I didn't have the keys for the other uh, door to come inside. And... Uh, he said, I'm yet at work and uh, I'll be coming late. And then I told him, uh, is it possible for you to come earlier because Tristan is not feeling too good and we are locked outside because the door doesn't open. I don't know. It's because of the heat or the lock. And uh, he really got upset. And he said, but even then, it would take two hours for him to come from the city. Uh, he said, okay, I'll leave as soon as possible. Just see what you can do. And uh, I... I was only feeling bad because my son was so restless. I, I couldn't think of any scriptures at that time. I said, you know what? I just said, thank you, Jesus. I don't know why this has happened, but uh, I'll just join the prayer. And uh, I joined the rosary group and I said, uh, I just pray with everybody. And I said, Jesus, just you need to cool this area, cool the place down, because I'm sure if the place cools down, the door that has got jammed will, you know, will open up. And uh, we hardly said the second decade of the divine mercy. And from nowhere, it started raining. And I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. The rain has come. It, the place will cool down. And in five minutes, my son got up and went to check the door again. And he managed to open the door lock. Uh, praise and thank you, Jesus. 
so this was something like so and I, I don't know but maybe it was the god's lord's hand and because we were all praying together i just lifted up that prayer because sister had said you know anyone wants to pray any intention but i waited for my turn but even without my turn i was praying like because i said everybody's praying and our prayers will be heard and they were really heard i thank you for this uh brisbane family of mine uh who really are with us all through the day right from morning till evening and teaching us how to pray thank you jesus thank you jesus i'm just looking at the the chat window on our youtube page there's a person there who has mentioned that they have received um uh, the test reports they were tested for cancer and they've been living in that fear for last 3 weeks but have prayed over it and today when the test reports have come there is no cancer praise god thank you jesus for your thank mercy you jesus praise you jesus thank you lord thank for you. for this family as well bless them lord let your grace be upon that family we speak your love we speak your mercy this is your body lord there is satan has no power and no place in that family we cover and seal them by the precious blood of jesus lord we anoint them with your holy spirit that when your presence is welcome into that home lord then everything that we declare over our family must come to pass because you are with us lord who can stand against us this is our faith we declare our faith over that family as well i'd like each of you to to come in agreement with that prayer and bless this family amen. in the mighty name of jesus amen 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 thank you lord yes who else would like to share their testimony uh brother russell i would like to go yes please uh, i just want to say thank you to jesus for all the blessings he has poured on our life good health and everything that we have asked in the i confess when we say the uh, i claude and myself say the i confess every day we, we don't leave the house without praying the i confess and we confess it with boldness and with power because we know that there is power in the word of god so we don't just say it as a as a prayer or just mumble it we we say it with power yes, yes. and we praise and thank god for everything because as vivek said the praising and thanking god is an answered prayer yes i like every day to listen to the word of god as much as possible whenever i can i confess it even in my sleep i have certain scriptures that i say all the time over everybody and we take the name of different people that we remember when we pray and when we confess like i said again and again i would like to um, confess that there is power in the word of god it is not just a word it is the power that god has given to each of us and we don't feel uh, less anymore we are the workmanship of the lord Yes. in everything Amen. we do and in every every day whatever we do so we go out boldly because the lord is with us i would like to thank god for all of you that are helping us every day i get up early nowadays to uh, to be part of the morning encounter which has blessed me a lot i just feel more confident and more powerful with the scriptures and with what brother russell uh, uh, 
uh, says when, when he starts the, the morning encounter, everything else is secondary. This is the start of, of my day. And I feel so blessed by that. And by all the different prayer ministries that are part of the Brisbane prayer group. And I tell anybody that, that asks me by messages and by even talking on the phone, that to listen to these things and to be hearers and doers of the word so that that can help their life too. We don't have to be begging anymore because we have the power already given to us by Jesus. He has done it for us on the cross and we should really and truly accept that. And remember that we don't have to we are not powerless. We are full of power because we have the word of God. It is all there for us to claim it. Whatever we want, we can just claim it in the name of God. And as Jesus said, ask the Father anything in my name and he will give it to you. So that's what we do too. And he, the Lord has blessed us immensely. I'd like to thank God and thank God for all of you who are ministering to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. All glory and honor to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, who else would like to share their testimony? This is Sharon. Yes, go ahead, sister. Um, I would just like to um second myself on sister's uh, testimony before. Um, Muris's testimony, and yes, it is so true that God is always present with us, and it's it's like you know, you your worry and your fear about the world is just not even. It's not, it's not even existent when you are in the presence of God, when the Holy Spirit works through you. And every little thing that you think is, you, you can't get through, you're not going to be able to do it. Um, the Lord steps in and he says to you, you have the power. And you need not say you don't. And you need not say, um, I will not be able to overcome this obstacle because you will. And it's yes. all there for you to just walk ahead in that power. and just say my name and claim that that wonderful gift of you know being there for you all the time like i'm not i'm not only a name the lord always says this to me that you you are the chosen chosen people we yes. are a royal priesthood we are not not people who will go and just mix with others just because you know someone feels something about you the lord doesn't doesn't feel and work on us he has he has pulled us out from wherever and he's brought it brought us into that light for a purpose so it's just you know there are certain things in my week has been a little bit difficult but i have realized that with the with the sword of god's spirit i'm able to conquer anything and i'm not able to Amen. I'm not able to even speak sometimes when I'm so overwhelmed. My heart is so filled with that, with that gratitude and honor for the Lord that, you know, if I don't say that early in the morning, if I don't hear the morning encounter and I don't 
um, take in whatever is there for me for the particular day. Um, I tend to not feel right. It, it feels like a big missing part of my day, of my, you know, my rest in the Lord. Because even though we don't sometimes yeah. have that much time to rest, we're resting in the Lord. And every single day we are walking in that spirit. Um, in the spirit that's really, you know, it's overcoming everything for us. We're just there. We just claim. We just speak. And we are, you know, we're renewed like every single day. The mind and body is renewed. So it is like, it's it's a big change from one day to another. Some days are more difficult, but other days, you don't even remember that because every day is new. He gives you a new day, a new chance to start off again with yourself, build yourself up. And I really want to thank him for the week gone by and for everything that I faced and put through in his hands. And, you know, he has, he has turned it into um, like every bad situation or whatever we look at as a setback. He, he comes back for us in a better and bigger way and all glory and honor to him um, on behalf of me and my family. We just give him all the glory. He deserves it. All the praise. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you yes. very much. And thank you, brother, for the morning encounters. They just touch my heart. And they just, you know, they empower you so much that I cannot even explain how important it is for me to listen to it. So thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. God bless and have a good weekend. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Yes, who also would like to share their testimony? Hello. Yes, go ahead, sister. Praise the Lord. Praise, praise God. the Lord for this group and praise the Lord for countless blessings and the breath that I have. I also would like to uh, mention uh, many blessings. So starting with uh, one of my friend's 25-year-old son who was uh, epileptic and bound to the wheelchair, passed away. But uh, through the mother, through the parents' uh, life, I, and the way the, the, when I met the little, when I met him when he was younger, we became friends and uh, through him, we became um, more closer to God because of uh, having prayer meetings in her house. Uh, on, on the other hand, um, um, at the age of 25, he passed away, but he also touched many people around uh, our neighborhood and um, even the people who left the city for various reasons um, decided to come for the funeral. So uh, when I met the family, they said they do not know how to serve the food. So we offered uh, to bring like two trays of dishes and um, on top of all the catering that they have done. Um, as we were lined up after the service, I prayed to God 
when I saw the crowd in the church, I prayed to God that um, I am blessing the food uh, in advance and uh, it will multiply like two fishes and five loaves of bread and yes. praise to God. And um, all the people who came, stood in line, um, ate the food and we had uh, leftovers that we packed for the needy. Praise the Lord. And also, um, there, are, there are many blessings that um, I don't want to take my time. I'm alive. I am blessed uh, with, uh, with the faith that I live life at work and wherever I go that um, I can be a testimony to others or I can bring the word of God to them. I thank the Lord. I also would like to thank the Lord for the for the healings that have taken place um, while I was um, praying with many friends. And praise um, God. And, and, um, and I, uh, I don't want to go the same testimony over and over. So I just want to generally say that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this group. Thank you for waking me up and uh, giving me the strength to speak and uh, with boldly. More than anything else, I wanted to thank the Lord for the faith. The faith is, uh, faith is increasing and, uh, and that is my, my energy. So I thank the Lord for that. Amen. Have a blessed week, everyone. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, who else would like to go next? Mother Sanjay here, brother. Yes, go ahead, sister. I want to thank the Lord for all the blessings upon me and my family, brother. This last week for the account thanks, especially for being a part of this prayer group called Morning Encounters. I want to thank the Holy Spirit for waking me up for Morning Encounters, especially brother. And thank Lord for the powerful teaching last week. And I, when I was going back again from the last teaching, last week's teaching, I uh, was really, um, uh, was touched me, was the, the Lord putting him in remembrance of his covenants. That really touched me, brother. I was hearing it again and again. And Matthew 9, 16, 17, Isaiah 43, 26, these scriptures really touched me. It was a great eye of me. And I want to thank the Lord for all the teachings, brother. All the truths that he's revealing through the morning encounters and teachings. And he's sharing them with others also. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, brother. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. In your personal journey, it is his presence that makes a difference. So seek that presence and keep holding on to it. That's all our journey should be about. And then when he's there, he makes that word come alive.
that word only when it is alive will it work for you. Otherwise, you will be quoting scripture and scripture and nothing will change. Seek first that presence, that kingdom. Just like Jesus taught us, Matthew 6.33. Then everything else that we are asking for gets added unto us. What you didn't ask for and was just a thought in your heart, that also he adds. And he multiplies it because of his love. That's his favor. Thank you, Lord. Yes, who else would like to share their testimony? What is the Lord doing in your life? Father Russell, this journey. Um, hello to everyone. I'd just like to thank the Holy Spirit for his uh, word and um, his, his living waters. His word is the spirit of God and how we, um, how we all together, we will not conform to this world, but be transformed by renewing of our minds to the word of God. I'd like to thank his voice, peace that it brings upon us and then after hard week and uh, the endurance of our job. Sometimes we have hard days and very difficult days, but um, there's a, uh, these prayers that when you come home, it's sort of like, uh, gives us the living waters to uh, uh, rejuvenate and heal quick for the next day's problems. And, and uh, you find that the, the, our prayers and the angels are at work. We come back and it, things turn out much, much more better, a little bit more uh, what we imagined. And um, I'd like to thank these manifestations that uh, our God is a, a true God, is real, and it's not, it's not a joke at all. That's why we come to worship a living God. We, know we don't waste our time because of these true manifestations and um, our other way they renews our minds and transform our lives and the, we see the realities um, the spiritual battles that we used to experience you know as i said uh, with our loved ones the bad names and stuff like that the counseling or these the teachings the insights that they give um, to be always disciplined with your angry words and uh, do not if you've got a bad, bad thing to say do not say it and just how important it is in bad name callings and that how it affects people and have uh, respect for each other. And, and I'd like to thank the Lord for, I couldn't do it myself because I thought uh, before, oh, yes, I'll remember this, you know. And without getting much um, and uh, with the counseling, with the word, that doesn't, you can't hear his voice all the time, but it's the Holy Spirit is now. 24 hours in you and it's sort of like interceding all the time and giving you that, uh, that insight and that assurance and comfort to you so that anger doesn't spill over and you, know, you can talk much more with calm and assurance and effectively and it, it doesn't mean that you've got to win a, a, a conversation and stuff like that at all. It's, it's about um, them and they start everyone they go off in the heat if they can't understand properly, they're too angered. They go back and they, and everyone just goes off huffing and puffing, but they come back and uh, the, the views and it's like uh, they, they change their attitude and stuff like that. They also cool down and they, you know, everyone apologizes and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's, it's much more different. You, you have much more you can 
talk much more effectively and constructively to the kids and that it's through the counseling of his word. And I'm very fortunate that um, even when I went to the councils before, it is not as uh, deep, it's not as the truths and insights that it gives here. You will never know, I would have never known this uh, if I didn't uh, come to these teachings and these insights that they shared for, uh, in this group. And um, I am blessed and my mind is always, I cannot do without the Lord. I can, I'm very blessed that we have the technology that we can uh, go back when we miss a session and there's things going on, we can replay them. So uh, it's, it's always his voice is always there in you and obeying his commands at all times. And what he has given us in, the, in this life, the peace and the, all the our angels and guardian angels who keep all sort of harm, bad weather, plagues and viruses and sicknesses away. It's through the, the answer the answered prayers that we share in the mornings and they are so powerful and they give me such great joy. I cannot start a day without uh, listening to these uh, powerful ideas. And um, yeah, even when I come over in my time of silence, we just, um, you can watch a bit of TV and stuff like that, uh, but uh, you, you don't want to watch things that are just nonsense, you know, no sort of like, uh, dirty movies or anything like that. You just so I can't tolerate them. So the, you, um, you can see there's things that are not um, even, you're not even interested in scary movies Movies because it's just like uh, there's a lot of nonsense and you can see the sort of like pattern of how the way, you know, witchcraft will manifest and I can thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit for discerning all these things and in my spirit to so, uh, see all these things happening and I'm very fortunate that um, we break free from all the curses of this world and how Jesus Christ has, um, has become a curse for us and, uh, and freed us with Abraham's blessings. Thank you everyone. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Father. Thank you Holy Spirit for your precious blood upon us. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. One important thing for all of us to remember is, you know, brothers, uh, Brother Vivek had taken a teaching as well on uh, activating your spiritual authority a few weeks ago. I want each of us to just remember one thing. In your prayer every night and every morning, you must be very strategic with that prayer. We keep saying about commanding your morning, command your day. You must program and the best way and the only way to program your day and what's coming up before you is to speak into it, to command it. So be very strategic in that sense. Do not enter a day that you have not commanded. When you know what's potentially coming your way, you speak over all those projects, over your work day, over your family, over their relationships, over your safety, over all your possessions, everything. You can speak it. Do not enter that day without speaking it. Praise God. Yes, who else would like to share their testimony? You can take one more and then we'll get into our teaching session for tonight. Praise the Lord, brother. 
I want to thank and praise the Lord for every blessing. Every day is like a miracle. I thank and praise the Lord for his faithfulness and for perfect timing. Thank you, holy angels. Thank you, Lord, for everything. And thank you, Jesus, for the divine exchange on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Shalom to all. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I think we'll, we'll, we'll move on with the next part of our session for this evening. Um, just quick announcements before we get into our teaching for this evening. Uh, warm welcome to everyone that has joined us for the first time. If you are attending this for the first time, I shall share the link to this prayer group. If you feel like you are being blessed by what you are experiencing here today, you can join that prayer group. There are two, more than 260 people that are on that group. Uh, you can share your prayer requests there. You can pray with others, pray for others as well for all the requests that are put on there. It's a blessed prayer group to be part of. It has God's presence. It is his name on it. So it's his group. It is not ours. We don't run it. We are just there to serve. I'll share that link on YouTube as well for all of you. And... Please subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, so that um, every time there's a new video being posted on there or every time we're going live for any of these sessions, and I'll just list the sessions for you, you will see notifications. So if you enable notifications on your YouTube uh, settings, you will see those notifications coming up on your phone or on your computer, and then you can join the sessions live. So we have the daily morning encounters that are on every morning at 7 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. That is run live on Zoom as well as on YouTube. All our sessions are. We also have the daily Divine Mercy and Rosary Chaplet that's run at 7 p.m. in the evening, Australian Eastern Standard Time, Monday to Thursday. And then on Fridays, because we have this Bible study session, they run at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Um, along with that, we also have the Friday Bible study session that starts in the evening from 5.30 p.m. And that is this session that you are attending right now. We start with praise and worship at 5.30, a powerful anointed session with Sister Shanine. Um, followed by confession of scriptures and now testimony time and then we go into our teachings of the day. All of these sessions are aired live but you can also find their recordings on our YouTube page. You can find them, uh, links are shared on our um, Facebook page as well as stored on our Spotify podcast channel. So you can look us up on Spotify by searching the Holy Spirit Brisbane Prayer Group. Um, also a, a note that um, our First Friday of March, which is the 3rd of March, we would be running this Friday Bible study session in person at St. Dimna's Church Hall in Aspley. All those of you that are in Brisbane or would potentially be in Brisbane, live in and around Brisbane, please uh, join us on that night and we can praise and worship fellowship together with Jesus in that, that powerful uh, charged atmosphere that has his presence in there. We will also be live on Zoom as well as YouTube for all those that would continue that would like to continue to join us online. Praise God.
we shall now get into our um, Bible study session for this evening. Before we start, Lord, we herald your bar, the bar in your spoken word by proclaiming your word that you give us from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that powerful teaching that has opened our eyes to that power that resides in our word, Lord. And this reminds us of it. And so each of us proclaim it as we read verse 10 and 11 that says, as the, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and return it not thither, but water it the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word, each of us declare this, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where to I sent it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we commend ourselves to you. We surrender, Lord, and we ask, we open our hearts to you. We ask of you, Lord, to reveal your wisdom. Clothe your people with your light, with your righteousness, Father. Let your revelation stand out. Speak to each one directly as you minister to each of us. So that as we walk away from this session, Lord, we get to know you more, we come closer to you. And with our walk with you, Lord, you shape it, you guide it, you direct it. We acknowledge your presence here, Father, and we thank you for all these powerful testimonies that have been shared this evening. We thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Jesus. And today we continue on the second part, we continue in the second part on our topic of God's systems of advantage given to men. Just a quick recap of what we started last week, where at the start we went, we started with um, Genesis, creation, man coming into creation at the start. And um, although the Bible doesn't explicitly mention it, but God did make covenants with Adam. They were again unilateral. We saw that as we moved on in that story from Adam, we moved on to Noah and how there were floods where sin entered the earth and God had to cleanse it and make a restart again, press the reset button for man. So he, he used floods then. He gave a sign of the rainbow so that where he declared there, he would never again um, destroy the earth through a flood. He would see that sign and always remember it. So he would never let the rains go to an extent to a point where it would be um, a destruction of the entire earth and in both those we have seen that his plan right from the start when he made man in his own image and likeness and he sought relationship with man his plan as revealed in Genesis 1 verse 28 was for us to be fruitful to multiply to have abundance to subdue and dominate the earth and replenish it and that is the same plan we see repeated in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 we saw that in the case of Noah's covenant as well, where he renewed that same plan uh, in Genesis 9, where he said, be fruitful and multiply once again. And the underlying plan for him there was to make man as, or to, to bless man with royal priesthood. We see royal priesthood in the case of Adam. We see that in the case of Noah as well. And now we move on to the next part of our story where from Noah, we now move on to Abraham and the covenant that God made with Abraham. And even though after, the main thing there was even though after God had 
um, cleanse the earth through the flooding in Noah's time. Men once again turned to sin into wicked ways. But now God had already sought, God had already, well, even though he had sought to clean mankind, he has commented to himself that he would not destroy the earth this time. Since he had already promised no one made a covenant with him. No cursing the ground like he did in the case of Adam. And no floods no more. So this time he said, let the people be and I shall pick the chosen ones out. I shall call them towards me, towards myself. And I'll make that chosen group, a chosen generation. or make them, I'll confer them, confer on them my royal priesthood. So from here onwards, we see that shift in his strategy now, where he starts calling people. So Abraham was that next one that he called. The important thing is he's calling us even today. Each of us by name, he calls you, come to me. All you who labor and burden, come to me. And I will give you rest. And that rest is this abundance where it starts with peace, where it starts with lifting of that yoke. And then he puts his systems in our heart. And that's what this prayer group is all about. That's what our Bible studies are all about. That's what he is teaching us. That's what we're sharing. So that there is renewal in our minds and we can experience that transformation where we once kept on craving, kept on suffering and there was no end to now you can experience that peace. And even if you are still in storms, you know that there is a movement happening. Now let's go, go back to, let's going back to um, Abram's story now. Here we see that he revisited that plan. And in Genesis 12, when he called Abraham, at that time his name was still Abram. When he called him out of his hometown in Babylon, the first thing God did was he blessed him. Sister Janela, can you please take us to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, and we'll read those verse 1 to 3. And that's what he does for each of us. When he calls each of us by name, separating us out and says, come to me, he's not looking for you to first perform something and then he would judge and say, okay, looks like you've changed your heart, looks like you've, you're correcting your way, so now I'm going to bless you. No, no. First, he blesses you. He takes away troubles. Then he says, now I want you to come in alignment so that I can continue to bless you further. You've seen my mercy. Now look at my grace and look at favor. That's how he works. So let's see how he blessed Abraham here. Now the Lord hath said unto Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kin kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Amen. What a powerful blessing to have. Just for someone that said, Yes, I'm coming. 
would be good for us to have that kind of a blessing as well. When the Lord calls and we say, yes, Lord, I'm coming. And he says, okay, here are three great blessings for you. I will make you, Savio, a nation, a great nation. Put your name there, each one. And see what it feels to have that kind of a blessing. And you can claim it. In Abraham's case, this was not just the three that you see there. There are many more. In fact, I listed seven while I was going through those chapters with, uh, with, with the journey of Abraham there. So let's go through each of these now. The first one is here. Oh, we don't change it. Please leave that on screen there because we'll touch on these three and then I'll add, we'll go to the others. So these three verses, the first one is, he said, I will make thee a nation. So he's already decided that out of this one man, is he going to bring forth his chosen race? Earlier also, he called one man Noah. And out of him, he desired to make that chosen race. He wiped out everything else and said, let the characteristics of this man who has been obedient to me be what that next chosen race will look like. Unfortunately, man sinned again. And then again now, in the, he's saying the same thing here. I will make the a chosen race because I will make thee a great nation. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And this is what we use. You shall be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing is what we often use in our morning encounters also. If you see it at the end of every morning encounters, we say, as we are blessed, let us go out and be a blessing. That same blessing that he has blessed us with blessed us with, we go out and bless others. And then you look at that third one. I will bless them that bless thee. And I will curse him that curse thee. It's interesting that he says here, you can see on your screen as well, I will bless them for blessings, but in cursing he says curse him. Very specific. And when you come under that covenant of Abraham that God made with him, and you start claiming these blessings, can you imagine in that troubled time when you say, Lord, this is what you blessed my father in faith with, being his son in faith, being his daughter in faith, I claim that blessing on my life. Where you said, and you remember, he said, put me in remembrance of what I have said to you. Here you are saying, Lord, you said, I will bless them that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. That's a very powerful blessing to have. In fact, here I'm reminded of the story of Balaam and that comes in November, uh, sorry, in Numbers 22 to 25. When the Israelites were fighting the Moabites and the Moabites were afraid of them. Balaam was a prophet. And the Moabites summoned Balaam and asked him to curse the Israelites. And then when he prayed overnight, God said, do not curse them. They are a blessed race. And Balaam got to know, I'm guessing he got to know this, that if I curse them, I'm in trouble. Now, 
this is what we must always remember as well and we need to come into that covenant blessing that's what this topic is all about what god has already covenanted to our forefathers in faith we come under those covenants we claim them we take those blessings we apply them in our lives that is why these are recorded in the bible they are there for us it is not just a story for us to read and say wow he was a blessed man but what about me there's nothing that can happen here if he was blessed so can you be our next is fourth blessing i want to look at uh sister if you could take us to genesis chapter 13 verses 14 and 15 he didn't just say you are blessed now he's getting more specific and the lord said to abram after that lot was separated from him lift up now thy eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land which thou see to thee will i give it and to thy seed forever amen look at the last two words there i will give it to you and your seed for ever no one can take it away what a powerful blessing to have and he asked him to look in all directions now when you say look you've got to look at it from a spiritual perspective as well look at all directions this becomes your domain this becomes your region of control this becomes a place where you will prevail and then he says that forever powerful blessing to have and when you become stronger in the spirit as you grow in the word you reach a stage where he will say yes you are now reaching from abundance to the point of dominion lift up your eyes and look northwards southwards eastwards and westwards go and dominate it's worth meditating on this scripture in our personal place of prayer as well and say lord to my father in faith this is what you said show me what it means for me in the spirit and if that is a blessing that you have given him and i inherit it by virtue of my faith carrying his spiritual dna how do i get that what do i do with it and where do you want me to use it and then we look at the next one the next blessing is a very next verse verse 16 and i will make thy seed as the dust of the earth so that if a man can number the dust of the earth then shall thy seed also be numbered physically this was his physical generation which becomes a nation of israel god's chosen people spiritually this is every person around the earth so there will be numerous people that will follow in your footsteps and the only entry pass there is faith that is what abraham had he didn't have anything else and god never asked him for anything else also 
when you look at his story, he, when he came out of Babylon, he didn't have anything. In fact, in Babylon, he lived in his father's house, didn't have anything of his own. But when you look at his story, as he moved on his journey with God, and you are passing through these chapters, you see how God kept on adding to his riches. Abraham was among the richest men in the East at the time. Here God is saying, I will give you descendants that you can't even count. Physically, a nation. Spiritually, nations. Let's move to the next one. He said the same thing actually even in Genesis 15 verse 5 there. He didn't say dust. Oh, we won't go to that. He, he didn't say dust, he used stars. He said, I would make your descendants countless as the stars in the sky. But we'll go to Genesis chapter 14, 14 verse 19 and 20. Now, this is after Abraham came back from battle with Sodom and then he met Melchizedek. And he offered him a tithe and Melchizedek blessed him. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which had delivered thy enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. God delivering his enemies into his hands. Are you seeing that blessing coming through there as well? And here he said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. We've just touched on how Abraham kept growing. And then when you say Abraham of the Most High God, this is where scriptures like Romans 8 verse 31 comes for us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Look at that verse 20. Who can be against us? Is that a blessing that you would like to have as well? We all should desire it. That was the sixth blessing that we are looking at now in that. And then the seventh one is from Genesis 17, verse 5. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. You see, when God wants to change things in a person's life, he changes their identity. He did it here in the case of Abraham. He also did it in the case of Jacob. He called him Israel. He gives them a new identity. Now, when you look at the New Testament, it speaks about your identity in Christ. Our identity is in and from Christ. So when he's transforming you and renewing you as well, blessing you as well, the same process that he did here with Abraham, that he did with Jacob. He changes your identity. You become a new person. That's why I said all the old must pass away and make way for the new. The new has come in. He didn't say the new will come in. The new has come in already. When he comes, the Holy Spirit he brings that new with him. That's your new identity. That's what starts with 
being born again and then your journey into the kingdom. And when we say journey into kingdom, it is not a place. Do not look at it as a place. It is a culture where we come under his rule, where we come under his instructions and we follow them in obedience. We have a renewing of mind. That's why that renewing is very important so that we leave behind all the old ways and we take up what is new. Now here I'm just reminded of, I don't know why the Holy Spirit put me there, but I'm just reminded of blind Bartimaeus' story. When he wanted to be saved, he had blindness. And all that he wanted was when Jesus asked him, what can I do for you? He said, I wanted to see. But before he could come and say, Lord, I want to see, he threw away that cloak that he was wrapped around with. Many of us are wrapped around with that cloak of our old ways, our old understandings, our old traditions, things that we have been familiar with for ages and can't easily get rid of because they have ingrained, they are ingrained into our system, they have become our habits. That's why that topic of renewing your mind that Brother Vivek took was very powerful. I recommend each of you go back to that topic. Listen to it again, reflect it on it again, but look at it as you're listening to it. Look at your own life and examine your own life as well to see where are those gaps and what is the Lord doing in those places? How is he illuminating it with the word? And if there are places that you are not allowing him to illuminate, ask him to show so that you can then throw away that cloak from that part of your life. And be clothed anew with the new cloak that he gives. His righteousness, his ways, his laws on your heart. That's what we're really looking at. That's what our journey is all about. Now going back to Abraham's story. How did God make his covenant with him? We see that. Uh, we can see it in Genesis 15 verses 8 to 10. Can we, can sister can take us to Genesis 15, verse 8 to 10. So this is explaining how covenants were generally typically made in the old days. Taking a lot of time to go over this Abrahamic covenant because it's very important for us to understand it. That forms the basis of you know, whatever you would then go about next. Yes, go ahead, please. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it. And he said unto him, Take me an heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these, and divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. And then if we go further down, you see verse, I think, 15 onwards, where Abraham falls into a deep sleep. Sorry, it's not 15. It's... Um, 12. Yeah. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. And lo and Sorry, it's 17. 17 onwards, not 12. Okay. Verse 17 onwards. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, 
behold a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces yeah so what you saw was he divided the animals and typically the covenant would be where you had the the animals cut with their blood there and both the parties that were entering into that covenant would actually pass through that strip between the cut animals as if to say if i do not uphold or keep my part of the covenant then let this same thing that has been done to the animals let that come upon me the key thing here is the blood that was used in the covenant and then when you look at it further down you see the same thing oh sorry we have seen it above there where god spoke about um yeah, you see you can see in verse 13 onwards so oh, well we'll touch on 13 onwards later maybe we will come back to that because that comes again he's speaking about other things there which more important where he said i will bless thee So this was Abraham asking him, "How will I know that you are going to bless me?" And he said, "Let's enter into that covenant and make that agreement with us, so that you will then be blessed." Actually, if you look further down in verse fourteen and fifteen, he talks about things to come. That's a prophecy that's that's in there. but we'll touch on that when we look at the next one the next the next covenant so here this was the first prototype of the two parties in the covenant having to pass through but abram fell into a deep sleep and so it was only god that passed through you see that in verse 17 as a smoking or a burning lamp it was only god that passed through it abram didn't pass through in between those pieces which means abram had no risk factor there there was nothing for him to lose he didn't have to do anything to uphold that covenant but god passed through so god had to uphold his part of the covenant it's interesting how god allowed that to happen where he is still saying to each of us come as you are there is nothing for you to uphold just come as you are do what abraham did demonstrate your faith and you can be part of that covenant you can receive the blessing of that covenant now here again when he made a covenant we saw with noah that he gave noah a sign the sign there was the rainbow Now here again he gave a sign for that we look at Genesis 17 verses 9 to 14 he said this shall be a sign or a reminder of the covenant so that every time god sees that sign he will remember his covenant with the the people that come under that covenant which in this case are abraham's generations and god said unto abraham thou shalt keep my covenant therefore thou and thy seed after thee 
in their generations. This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you, and thy seed after thee. Every man, child among you, shall be circumcised, and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man-child in your generations, he that is born in the house, or bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed, he that is born in thy house, he that is bought with thy money, must need be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man-child, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He had broken my covenant. So here we can see everyone that is circumcised, God would consider that person as coming under the covenant. That's good news in one way, where God is willing to consider others. It didn't end only with Abraham at one person and said, my covenant is only with Abraham. I have nothing to do with anyone else. He said, everyone else that takes up this sign of my covenant, I shall consider them as being beneficiaries of the covenant. But the question here is now, as we see there in the end, how can you and I then be beneficiaries of that covenant? Because we do not carry that sign in our flesh. Here in this case, you see very clearly in verse 13, he said, my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. The other question here is, one could be circumcised in the flesh and yet not be aligned with God. His ideologies, his thinking could be in a different direction. So was there any validity in it then? How can anyone else come under that covenant? That's where Paul explains to us the next level. And can we then go to, sister, can you take us to Romans 2, verse 25 to 29? An important thing to understand here is Paul is explaining, well, what about all of these? He's answering that question, the two questions that we have raised. For circumcision, verily prophet, if thou keep the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee? Or who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law? For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. King James Version is a little complex in the choice of words here. Can you take us to maybe um, NIV? 
So verse 25 to 29. And you can, oh, well, I won't let just read it in the interest of time, but I'll just quickly go over it. Each of you can read what is on the screen there. The, the, the simple explanation for it is if people are circumcised, you would think that they are under the covenant. But what Paul is saying here is if they break the law, God's law, then the value of that circumcision is gone. It doesn't hold valid anymore. They don't come under the covenant anymore. They are thrown out from that covenant. At the same time, if someone is not circumcised and they are keeping God's laws, then they come under the covenant just like anyone that would have been circumcised and is keeping God's laws and following the, the you know, in obedience God's regulations. So that's what this is all about. So that opens the door then for people that are not circumcised to potentially come under, that is like you and me who are not part of that chosen race that was circumcised, to come under that covenant of Abraham. So it's not a matter of the flesh anymore now. You see in verse 28, he says, it is not about being un outwardly or physical. It is, and in verse 29, he goes on to say it has to be inwardly circumcision of the heart by the spirit to where your heart is transformed renewed by the spirit not by not by the written code here means not by following the law that has been given and that law then refers here to the law given to Moses which we will touch in the next covenant okay that such a person can come under that covenant can you take us to, um, there's a scene I would like to touch upon, Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 to 10. Now, this is John the Baptist. While he was baptizing people, there were a group of Pharisees and Sadducees that came to him. Remember, these were learned men of the, the law. They were circumcised Jews. But look at what John the Baptist said to them. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Are you seeing there when you look at verse 9, it is not enough to be circumcised. It is not enough to be a Jew to say, well, I come under the covenant. He straight away called them a brood of vipers. And you see Jesus saying the same at another place. He called them Wipers, children of Satan. To people that are potentially of the circumcision, part of Abraham's generations, but not keeping or not producing fruit, not living in life, lives in accordance with what God has prescribed, that covenant doesn't work for them. That's a short summary of what this is all about. So the next question then is, how does one get circumcised? You've seen in that previous verse, Romans 2, verse 25 to 29, where he talks, Paul talks about circumcision of the heart. How does one then get circumcised by the heart? Verse 
the important thing there is by repentance and coming to Jesus. Let's look at Galatians 3 verse 29. Here you've seen John the Baptist saying, it's not enough to say we have Abraham as our father if you are his physical um, descendants. But look at what Paul says here in Galatians 3 verse 29. Who are Abraham's descendants? If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So when you repent, you come to him, then he takes you in. You now belong to Christ. He gives you a new identity. We see, he did, we see that he did that with Abraham. He does it with you as well. And then now it's saying here, when you then belong to him, at that stage, now you become Abraham's seed. And you've seen in Genesis, the, the chapters that we looked at earlier, where the Lord said, I will give this land to you and your seed. And the promises now, the second part of this verse is, the promises that were valid for Abraham are now valid for his heirs. You become his heir, someone that inherits the benefit of that promise. Are you seeing how you can claim it? You can claim it just by belonging to Jesus. So how do you belong to Jesus? Let's look at Romans 10, verse 9 to 13. That will tell you how you belong to Jesus. Please try and join the dots. It is giving you a clear picture. And then the question you ask yourself is, okay, and once I've understood this, I reached this far. Now it's time to claim those promises. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. The important verse, amen, amen, amen to that. The important verse here is verse 12. There is no difference between whether you are a Jew that was circumcised or you are a Gentile that was not. Whether you are a Jew that belonged to Abraham's descendants by DNA or whether you are a Gentile that doesn't. The opportunity is open to everyone. The same Lord is rich unto all. And he richly blesses. That blessing, every time you hear a, the word blessing in the Bible, look closely at it. That is God covenanting something to you there and saying, I will do this for you. So when you see blessing, that word blessing in the scriptures there, look at what it says. Is it asking for a condition? If no condition, even better. Say, Lord, you didn't put a condition there. You just said, I will bless, so I'm going to claim it. And then you claim that blessing. Take that in your place of prayer. Every night, every morning, we say, command, speak that blessing over your life. That's where you bring power in your prayer life. That's where things start to turn around. That's where 
it really starts to become exciting. So going back to Abraham now, how can these blessings of the covenant come upon you? We've seen that. Are you getting how you can claim the blessings of Abraham? You can claim it by becoming a son or a daughter of Abraham. And Jesus used that same principle. We see in Luke chapter 13, Jesus healed a woman that was bent over for 18 years. And he said she was bent over. Yeah, can we go to Luke chapter 13 just quickly? There's one particular verse there that I would like to touch upon. Jesus claimed that blessing for her but you can claim it for yourself and you can claim it for people that you are praying for and interceding for as well. So verse, the whole story is verse 10 to 17. But the verse that we are really looking for is verse 16. Should I just read verse just, 16? Just, yeah, just verse 16. That should be enough. Then should that... not this yeah yeah then yeah, should ahead. not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for eighteen long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? Satan has kept her bound, and Jesus is saying, "This is the daughter of Abraham." So all the blessings that are covenanted to Abraham must apply to her. I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. That is unwritten here, but that's what's happening. Curse those who curse you. Freed from that bondage. Because they are meant to be a blessing. And they are meant to be blessed. We saw that in Balaam's story as well. Israel is a blessed nation. Do not curse them. You can claim it as well for yourself when you are praying over your circumstance and saying, Lord, I come in faith. Therefore, by virtue of that faith, I come as a son, as a daughter of Abraham, and I claim the blessing of this, my father, in faith over my life. Or I claim the blessing of this, our father, in faith over the person that I am praying for. We are applying our faith. That's a very good way to claim. You claim a performance of those blessings. And then when you start speaking that over your life, your enemy must get to know that mystery about you, just like Balaam, that this person is blessed. I'd rather not meddle with them. That's when you start walking with that power backing you. What is on your head speaks to all the situations around you. Let's move ahead now with the, I hope you are getting that. If you are understanding this and how, how we can enter into and claim Abraham's blessings, please type amen in the chat. 
and we shall move ahead with our next part of it, the next covenant, quickly cover the Mosaic covenant. That was the next among the major ones. So moving on from the story there from, from Abraham, um, you see that is this, uh, from Abraham. Oh, let's go to chapter Abraham, chapter 15 there, the one that we were talking about earlier where I said I'll touch upon it later. Actually, that's where the, the story continues. Where while God was blessing Abraham, he prophesied the 400 years that his generations would remain in slavery before they were brought out of there. Abraham, sorry, Genesis 15 verses 12 to 14 and then verse 16. This is why we didn't read it earlier, so, so that it would get context here. As the sun was setting, Abraham fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for a certain that for four hundred years your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out, of, out with great possessions. In the fourth generation, your in the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. So you see how God revealed to Abraham that his generations would go into slavery into a foreign country, which was Egypt. But then in verse 14, he revealed his plan there where he would punish that nation where they served as slaves because they were oppressed there. Blessed are those who bless you. Cursed are they that curse you. Cursing is not necessarily only limited to uh, words. It is also how the treatment goes. And then he says they will also come out with they will come out with great possessions. So that's where Abraham's covenant and his story is connected with the next covenant that God made with men, which was when they were in bondage. That's where Moses entered on the scene. And then the Israelites did journey with Moses. God chose one man again, just like he chose Noah, he chose Abraham. Now he chose Moses this time. And Moses led God's people out of death, out of that slavery, out of um, the life in bondage into a life of freedom where he was bringing them into his kingdom. Are we seeing a pattern there? With Noah, he put him on a boat, brought him out of that place where he was surrounded by sin, took him on a journey for 40 days in that boat, and then brought him into a new place. He did the same with Abraham, called him out of that place, took him into a new place. Same thing with Moses and the, the Israelites here as well. Called them out of that land of bondage, of death, of sin, into a new place. He's a God of patterns. Everything that he does is a pattern. And if we can figure out these patterns and understand what is it that you are trying to teach me, Lord? Why are you showing these patterns? 
or what is your pattern in this case? I don't fully understand it. That's that's what you should be doing in your place of Bible study when you read the Bible in your own personal time. Show me, Lord, what is a mystery here? And then when he reveals a mystery now, how do I use that mystery in my life? What can I do with that wisdom that you are pouring into me? How do I use it? Then it starts to become interesting when he reveals the next part of that to you, of how you use it. And bear in mind, at the end of it, his plan is ultimately, they should have abundance, be fruitful and multiply. At every stage, he keeps going back to that. That is also part of the pattern. From death to life. So when they came out of Egypt, the Israelites with Moses, they came to Mount Sinai. And then here God revisited the, the, the promises that he gave Abraham. Moses went up to the mountain as a representative. Sister, what do you be able to take? Can you please take us to Exodus 19, verse 5 and 6? So Moses went up to the mountain to meet with God, have that chat with him as a representative of the people. And then to hear his terms, his promises and his covenants. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Are you seeing that his royal priesthood being revisited again? Started with Adam, continued with Noah, continued with Abraham. And now here again. Here he specifically says that you will be for me. I have called you, I have separated you. He kept doing the same thing with Abraham as well. He separated him out of Babylon, which was land filled with uh, sin. And here again, he's saying, I'm separating you from the rest of the world, although the whole world is mine. But I want you to be special, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And this is what Peter said to us in 1 Peter 2 verse 9. For you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart, a chosen race. All along, God kept saying the same thing in different ways to different people. So if that is becoming like a pattern there that you are seeing there, this is what he's saying to you and me today as well. This is why you are here. This is why you are connected with him. This is what he wants for your life. Type amen if you are understanding that. Another important thing I want to touch upon here is the similarity between the covenant that God made with Abraham, where you saw God passed between the dead animals and their blood as a blazing torch. Here in this case, when Moses brought the Israelites, they passed through between the two parts of the Red Sea. They passed on dry ground in between. It had to be dry ground with the Red Sea on both sides. Walls of water to the left and to the right is what the Bible says. The Red Sea here symbolizing that blood of the covenant that was used in those ancient covenants. 
and with the Israelites passing through in between, they now became covenant people. But this time God instructed the people to obey laws. He gave them laws. He gave Moses a set of 600 plus laws. And as covenant people, all blessings would apply to them if they obeyed these laws. But if they disobeyed them, then it would introduce a curse. Deuteronomy chapter 28 is so popular in this case. We've seen it so many times. We've reflected on it. It has been part of Brother Vivek's teachings in many topics. That was another set of covenant covenants that God established there. That whole chapter talks about those covenants. If you listen to my voice and do what I am telling you to do, Deuteronomy 28 verse 1, what he says, then you will receive these benefits. And if you do not, then from verse 15 onwards, it lists a long list of verses that talk about curses. That was among the first times where God puts conditions. Till now, it was unilateral covenant. One-sided. Only God would fulfill it. Man didn't have to do anything. All he needed was to show his faith. That too came with only with Abraham. And during, during this exodus as well, the other thing to remember here is God gave us another system of advantage, the blood. The blood during the Passover, where the blood was to be put on the doorposts of the homes of every Israelite. And then the angel of death would see the blood and pass over them. This was the antitype or the prototype of what he would later establish for us to be the blood covenant of Jesus. It had its precedence there. So that when we claim that blood upon us, you can claim it the same way that when I've put that blood applied it and you see us using that in our prayer. A lot of us use it in our prayer, but this is what you need to understand about it. When you say, I applied the blood of Jesus and so on, so I soak them in the precious blood of Jesus and I seal them in his holy name. It's that blood covenant that we are calling. We shall take that blood covenant in our subsequent topic. So this one here, you see in this case, the covenant was conditional. If you listen and obey, you receive, you don't listen, or you disobey, then curses. I'll just quickly run through the another one since we have some time. We can finish that, but quickly as well. The next covenant. Now moving ahead from here. After the, the Israelites came out of their bondage. Now we're looking at their whole journey. We've seen this journey starting from Adam, going to Noah, to Abraham, to the Israelites here in bondage, just as God prophesied or revealed to Abraham. And then Moses bringing them out of there. After they came out of there, after wandering in the desert for 40 years, he established them in their own country brought them to the land of Canaan, that same land that he said to Abraham, this land I shall give you for you and your descendants forever. God was bringing them back there. 
But when they entered into the promised land, they eventually started demanding a king. Because every other nation around had that system or format. Where each one had their own king that ruled. Here the Israelites also started demanding for a leader, for a king. But actually God said, I will be your king. And only he was to be their king, not man. But they had already forgotten about that. They had already forgotten about the covenants from Mount Sinai. They had already forgotten about what they had learned in the desert. About how he protected them over those 40 years. How he gave them victories, the favor that he showed them. And they kept, because they kept demanding a king, God relented and we see that he anointed Saul. But Saul failed to keep up to God's expectations. He disobeyed God. So when you read 1 Kings, you will see that Saul disobeyed God. And was rejected. And then God chose David as king. And David restored Israel's footprint. That land that God had promised. Some of it was pilfered and taken away. Through David, he restored that footprint back. David overcame the enemies that troubled this troubled um, the, the Israelites. He later sought to build a permanent tabernacle. Now, now that's where things got interesting. He sought to build a permanent tabernacle because till then, the tabernacle was still in a tent. But now that they were established in one place, he thought, let me build a tabernacle so that God can dwell permanently with his people. And this is where God decided to make a new covenant with him. And through the prophet Nathan, he made that covenant with David, which we see in 2, Sam, uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 7. So we'll read 2 Samuel chapter 7 from verse 10 onwards. What did God say about, where, about uh, the tabernacle? And the promise that he made to David when David decided to build that temple for God. And then we'll quickly look through those promises. Probably should finish in another five minutes. And I will, prov and I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood. And I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men with floggings inflicted by human hands. Let us stop but there. Yeah, let us stop there. But... Essentially, looking at this now, the first thing to look at there in, word, in verse 10, the keywords are, I will plant them. 
so that they can have a home of their own where they will no longer be disturbed. Till then, the Israelites were more like nomadic. They were still moving from place to place. They had just started to settle down here and yet they were still being troubled by the neighboring nations. He said, now they will remain unmoved. No one can take that place from them anymore. The wicked will not oppress them anymore. And then the next thing here, the second part, the second covenant that he made with him was where he touched upon that tabernacle. Where he said, I will raise your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood. Now I'm reading verse 12 there. And I will establish his kingdom. And he is the one who will build a house for my name. Now, when you read only this much, you would think they are that God is talking about Solomon because Solomon became the king after him. He was son of David. And he actually built that temple in Jerusalem, which David wanted to build. He built the temple. But here, when you look at the next part, when he says, I will establish his, the throne of his kingdom forever. Here he's talking of a different son now. And that's where the prophecy of the Messiah comes in. So his covenant to David here was not just about the temple being built there where the Lord would permanently dwell in the middle of his people. His covenant here was because of your obedience, your throne, your kingdom will be established forever. And through your descendant, will there be liberation for the people. Through your descendant, there will be a pathway made into the eternal kingdom. And that descendant was Jesus. Because when you look at the subsequent verses there, we look at verse 14. He's saying there is also another prophecy about Jesus here now. So he's saying I will be his father and he will be my son. When he does wrong, uh, this is not about Jesus doing wrong actually, it's more about us. But Jesus became the scapegoat that carried the people's sin on him. And then he prophesied here, or he actually revealed that he would be punished by a rod wielded by men with floggings inflicted by human hands. He was talking about the suffering Jesus would endure. The important thing here is it was from his lineage that this Messiah would come. And that would also fulfill what Jacob prophesied. Because Jacob prophesied that the Messiah would come out of the tribe of Judah. So it had to be David's descendant, not Saul's. Saul was not from the tribe of Judah. Saul was from Benjamin. The important thing here is, let's look at a few key words now in this covenant that God is talking about. In verse 13, he said, he is the one who will build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom. That's the first promise. The second promise is, he said, I will be his father and he will be his son. And he will be my son. Verse 15 is the third part here, which we have not read. My love will never be taken away from him as I took it from Saul. 
in other versions it says my mercy shall not depart away from him and then he says his kingdom his house shall be established forever that's an eternal kingdom and it is into that internal kingdom that jesus offers salvation and bids us come that's where the israelites looked at this bit through scripture and they knew that the messiah would come from david's lineage so when you look at matthew 21 verse 9 can we quickly go to matthew 21 verse 9 so this is the part where which which we now know as palm sunday when jesus re-entered into the town came riding on a donkey and the people greeted him shouting hosanna but what else did they say the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted hosanna to the son of david blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord hosanna in the highest heaven they called him son of david acknowledging that the messiah coming from david's lineage they acknowledge he is the messiah what about blind bartimaeus going back to him once again jesus was walking past and he acknowledged jesus in the same way he said son of david have mercy on me and jesus was walking quickly but he had to stop he recognized jesus as the one that would fulfill the covenant made to david the one that is that eternal king when you acknowledge him as king you come under his protection he had to stop are you seeing the pathway there for you to make him stop even if he is passing you by to go to someone else we do just what bartimaeus did the same thing that you are seeing here in this verse 9 on your screen acknowledging him as that son of david son of david have mercy on me that's how you can claim the davidic covenant the blessings that are on david now there are four important keywords going back to um the scripture we were looking at 2 samuel chapter 7 the four important keywords i'd like to touch upon please bear with us we're almost done it's just these four keywords that's the last thing i want to touch on before we finish the first one is house was 13 yeah i will establish a house for you and then in verse 13 he says he is the one who will build a house for my name so the in in the earlier verse it is that dynasty that lineage but in this case when you say he is the one who will build a house his house and you looking at look at it as the messiah jesus his house is the church his people he is the one who will build a house for my name but in the earlier one that we saw above there i will establish a house for you for david he promised him 
a dynasty, a lineage. And you see that David's lineage continued as kings. That was his promise. The second one is kingdom. I will establish the throne of his kingdom. Kingdom does not refer to a place again, just like we touched earlier. It refers to a people who are governed by the king. I will establish that people that are governed by this king. I hope you are getting that. It's not only about David here now. It's also about Jesus. It works both ways though. Third one, he's speaking for both of them. Third one is the same line there. Throne. Throne talks about authority of that king's rule. And when you go back to Jesus' word, he said, you know, if, if you remember it, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Here God is saying, I will establish the throne, that authority of his rule. And then the last word there is forever. Emphasizing that that kingdom is eternal. Forever is also an unconditional nature of a promise. We saw that with Abraham as well, where he said to Abraham, I will give this land to you and your seed forever. Here again, he's saying to David, I will establish your descendants rule, the rule of Jesus and his kingdom forever. Unconditional nature of this promise to David and to Israel, to his people. Now, the best part about this covenant, it was not like the Mosaic covenant. This again was unilateral. In all of these verses, you see, there was no condition that he put on David. He just used the prophet Nathan to speak to David and say, this is what I will do to you. This is how I am going to bless you. David had no obligation on his part. All he needed to do was stay close with God, not make the mistake that Saul did. And he would remain in this blessings, not only him, his generations. What about our own obedience? If God says, I will bless you. And if we are able to stay in that obedience, then that blessing carries forward to our generations, the next ones that are coming after us. That's when your obedience blesses others. We need to look for those opportunities. How do we claim these promises here? That we can be part of that kingdom that God is speaking about in this case? Son of David. You call on the son of David. Have mercy on me. We saw that earlier in Romans 10 verse 9 and 10. In fact, 9 all the way up to 13. Now you connect this with those verses. That everyone that calls on his name shall be saved. That's where verse 13 ended. You shall be delivered. We become his. When we make him our king, it is this king whose throne is established forever, is the one that is now your protector. Now you go to Psalm 23 and say, the Lord, this king whose throne, whose kingdom is forever, is my shepherd. 
Now you go and declare that what we said at the start. During testimony time, we said, declare it. Don't just read it. Go back and declare it with this understanding now. You see the difference that it makes in your faith when you know and understand what it means. This is where you start expressing the authority that has been placed within you. This is where you start walking within the covenants that you can now claim to be as yours. I hope this series is blessing you. If you have the opportunity, listen to it again. Go and read the verses actually. And when you are reading that, look at how you can claim those covenants. What are the promises that God is making there? Make a note of those promises. Look at the ways you can be a beneficiary of those promises. And then start speaking them by fulfilling those conditions where you have to. Start speaking them over your life. I said at the start, you must be very strategic about your prayer. Do not enter a day that you have not spoken into. Pray in the night. Use it in your prayer at night. Use it in your prayer in the morning as well. And I'm saying that because in Genesis as well, it talks about evening came and then morning came. So you speak it in the evening and you speak it in the morning as well. You do not leave chance for just like Jesus taught in that parable. Now see, he's connecting a whole lot of things which were not part of this session earlier. It says, while men slept, Jesus taught in the parable, while men slept, the enemy came and sowed weeds that destroyed them, that looked to destroy the crop. You do not give that chance for the enemy to come and sow weeds in that time in between while you sleep. Be strategic about your prayer. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We shall stop here and then on our next session, next Friday, we'll touch on the blood covenant. That's the last of the major covenants that God set with man. And if there's an opportunity, we'll go over some key scriptures. Let's talk about some of the, the blessings that we're coming across in the Bible and then use them so that we can then use them like we use our I confess boldly. You use them in your daily prayer, this strategic prayer that we are talking about. Thank you, everyone, for, for being patient for this extended session. God bless you all. Have a good night and a restful weekend, a great week ahead. And please join us in the morning encounters every morning. They run every morning, seven days a week. And in the, the Divine Mercy and the Rosary sessions as well that are run every evening. Praise God. Have a wonderful night. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Sister Janela. Thank you, thank you, scriptures. thank you, Sister Shanine, for the powerful anointed praise and worship session. God bless you all.